We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, about a year ago, on July 4th, you titled a podcast, Mid-Season Viewing Fatigue. And when it was 4-4 to yesterday in Game 3 of this series between the Cleveland Guardians and the Milwaukee Brewers, I was really feeling that episode title once more, but they not not came back, but they ended up getting the extra inning win and coming away with a two out of three series win against the struggling Cleveland Guardians. And my spirits were lifted momentarily. Hey, how you doing? Happy Monday. I'm doing well. Nice to have a series win to talk about always. It it is definitely it's the time of the year where it feels a little grueling. Um where you certainly want a break, a break that as I learned last year is actually hardly a break, but you know, in a relative sense, it's a long time off. But it's it's I think it's normal this many games in with this kind of relentless pace that the major league baseball season delivers to feel a little like that and when you come to the midway point, you don't have the 
the potential carrot that we'll hope, we hope we'll have on the other side, which is, you know, seventy seven games the other side of the break. Well, you're not you're not feeling like quite as much because the stakes of what the team should be playing for are that much higher. But we can only hope on that front for the moment. But I think you can be forgiven. I'm sure there's a lot of people with you on that. Um, I think the Brewers' overall play really following their their hot start to the season um, justifies that. I think if you go past like the 14-5 and five start, I think it's, it's very valid to at this point be like, yeah, you know what? Could do a little bit of a break. Yeah, uh, all things considered, uh, a really good weekend for the Milwaukee Brewers. The Cincinnati Reds dropped two out of three games to the Atlanta Braves, so they're able to to uh, gain a little bit of ground in that division race. The Cardinals and the Cubs split their London series games. Seems like uh, London Stadium, Adam, really plays like a wiffle ball park. I mean, the ball's just flying out of that place. Ian Happ wishes he could play there every day. Uh, had two homers in the first game. And then the Pittsburgh Pirates just continue to to struggle and come back down to earth, something that uh, we all saw coming. But, uh, yeah, they dropped two out of three or three out of four, excuse me, to the Miami Marlins, who have been great this year. So uh, a weekend where the results in the Central really favored the Brewers. So despite the frustrating nature of the trajectory of some of the games in Cleveland, All's well that ends well as they head to New York to play the Mets. Uh, in terms of our few housekeeping notes uh, for this few days, Adam, the first one is uh, Trevor McGill option back to Nashville and Matt Bush back to the Brewers bullpen after his two-month IL stint. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we saw, you know, that already... Uh, be used in in not optimal way and go poorly um in using him in back to back days and other than that and I'll let you weigh in on both of these uh we we got a brief scare uh as well where South Freelick fouled a ball off of his uh right knee and uh, you know it had people recalling Christian Yelich fouling a ball off his knee in the past but uh he returned to the lineup yesterday on Sunday and it seems like uh, any kind of serious injury was avoided there. So any thoughts on Matt Bush's return and Sal Freelick giving us uh, momentary heart attacks? I'm glad that Sal Freelick escaped. Um, it was a little a little bit of a concern. It just, I mean, in a way of, come on, <laughs> this season can't continue to go like this. You can't tell me Sal Freelick's healthy again. I know he's going to have a freak injury that's going to end the season or something like that. Thankfully, that proved not to be the case. Um, as for Matt Bush, I just don't know what we're doing here. I have no idea why. And also, I just didn't really like the usage of him. I think you get a good first outing from him. Give him a day, you know. Don't put him right out there the next day. It's like you're... This is a guy who you sent him down there for, uh, I mean, I'll quote unquote injury reasons, but his his confidence, his utility to the Brewers was also completely decimated. So you spend the time, he gets himself healthy, he builds some confidence back up, you bring him up and he has a good first outing. Well, 
don't just put him right out there the next day and like increase the likelihood that he's going to find it a little bit tougher. I I don't get it. Um, I feel pretty confident that this is not going to end well and that it won't be all that different. But I would have been very content if we had just seen him in that first game of the series. Maybe we could have seen him in game three. And we come out of this being like, oh, look, he's back. And first look back, he did okay. And build from there. And that that should be how it was. But to to add in that second appearance um, where he allows a run or gives up a couple of hits, just not really necessary at all. So, I mean, not for the last time. I think we'll get on to it in a little while as we get into the games. But... Craig Council's usage of his pitchers, starters, bullpen, basically whenever decisions are being made on pitchers at the moment is kind of baffling to me. And I feel like he's just very consistently getting it wrong of late. In a way, that's just kind of weird, where it's almost anything he, anytime he makes a decision, you're like, okay, well, surely it can't go wrong again and something might backfire. Um, this is one of those where I just thought, don't, don't put him out there in back-to-back -back days. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement there. Uh, any other housekeeping I missed, or should we dive into this baseball series and talk about those decisions and uh, what happened on the field? I think that's that's it for housekeeping. I mean, Jackson Churia homered again. Uh, Jefferson Castro's back. I forgot to mention that. That's that, another he's oversight. He's also back. I don't know if Bryce Strang's hit streak has ended now, but I know he was up into a double digits hit streak in Nashville. So all sorts of I guess somewhat more fun and interesting things happening down in the Brewers system. Um, Tyler Black which... has stolen 40 bases. I don't know oh, if you yeah. said that and I missed it. No, I didn't. <laughs> that That's another big one. So plenty of good news down there. Um, and yet we seem to kind of end up in this corridor where it's like, I don't know, McGill down, Bush back up. That's not the exciting part of this we could be dealing with. Soon we're going to have draft talk, Adam. They're going to draft a bunch of players that uh, I know about and I have to explain them to you, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, probably won't be any of the third baseman or starting pitchers I've seen uh, over the last month and sent you, but you know what? Still looking forward to it nonetheless. Game one of this series uh, was, was a throwback because it pitted uh, Miley against Bieber. Um, so, you know, if you listen to... Uh, Disney Channel Radio at any point in your lives. Uh, that's what this was here for. Um, and Miley was was uh, the the victor here. Wade Miley, another excellent start. Six innings pitched, three hits, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts, only 67 pitches. Thought he could have got a little more uh, from Miley uh, with the significant lead. Uh, Brewers start scoring early in the first to Willie Adamas. Single scores William Contreras in the sixth. Willie Adamas adds to the lead with a three-run home run. Uh, Joey Weimer tacks on to the lead with a single that scored Blake Perkins, and Christian Yelich singles to score Luis Arias to make it 6-0 um, after the top of the sixth inning. Beaver goes five. Five hits, four runs. They were all earned. Uh, two walks, eight strikeouts, the homer to Adamas. Uh, interesting season for Bieber, I think, uh, and listening to podcasts about him, his velocity has been ticking down for a few seasons. He's going to be a trade candidate. He's been mostly good this year. 3.69 ERA. Brewers were able to get to him. Uh, 
and then, you know, uh, get runs off of uh, Heron after he was removed from the game. Um, I believe one of the one of the broadcast notes was I don't know was it last four or five games, but Bieber's ERA was one point zero three in that span. So seems like they'd be doing a much better job of preventing runs from being scored lately. So nice to see the Brewers really tear that script up. Yeah, absolutely, and a guy that uh, is going to have a lot of trade chatter um, about him in the next few weeks, especially with the way Cleveland has. Uh, you know, they'd won, uh, I think, three or four games in a row coming into this, um, but they've had a year that was not what they expected coming off of that playoff appearance last year. Um, so uh, good to see the Brewers get to Bieber uh, eventually and uh, kind of put the game out of reach in the sixth inning. In the seventh, Jose Ramirez against Peter Strzelecki, uh would hit a solo homer to make it 6-1. to one. In the ninth, Willie Adamas adds his day with a solo homer to make it 7-1. to one. Uh, like we said, uh, Peter Strzelecki comes in, throws an inning, allows the homer to Jose Ramirez. Adrian Hauser comes in, allows two hits, but strikes out a batter and gets out of the inning without a run. And then Matt Bush with a scoreless inning and his return from the I.L. Um, just a good comprehensive win that the Brewers uh, took advantage of uh, some opportunity in the sixth uh, inning. And Willie Adamas had a hell of a day, which is something we haven't been able to say often this season, four for five, five RBI, the two homers, the RBI single in the first. And uh, Brewers go four for eight with runners in scoring position and get the job done in a pretty easy win after the sixth. Yeah, I mean, I think there's three players who really are deserving of being highlighted and getting some shine from this. One is Wade Miley, picking up where he left off in his first start back from injury. Um Look great. Again, could see him go six innings, pitch count very low. Um, he could have probably gone further if needed, but I'm not opposed to it. Let's let's manage Wade Miley in the way that is sensible, given his age, given he got back quicker than expected from the injury, and given that he's one of the most important and consistent starting pitchers on the Brewers this season. Um, I think also one not to be kind of just overlooked in this William Petraeus two doubles I believe or at least one double um and scored by Willie Adamas twice if my memory serves me well but Contreras probably not the last time I'll talk about in this series just seems to be hitting the ball really really well at the moment um becoming something of a really kind of reliable option for the Brewers which I, I don't know. I think there's maybe room where he could be a little bit better than we've seen so far this season, but I think overall he is living up to what we hoped for when the Brewers made that trade. And I, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about his future with the Brewers too. Yeah, I think especially because of the fact that we were not expecting him to be a Good meaningful de- yeah, meaningful defensive contributor and he's uh, a great pitch framer. Um, I think the Brewers pitching staff as a whole does not do a good job of uh, controlling the running game. I don't have any stats to back that up right now, but uh, I'm, so I'm not going to put that on Caratini or Contreras, but in terms of pitch framing, he's been excellent. Uh, like you said, um, seven sixty four OPS, eight homers this year, just getting the job done. As for Miley, um, great to have him back in the rotation and has provided 
two scoreless starts and his two appearances uh, on the year. He is just another guy. Exceed or he's exceeding expectations. He's thrown fifty-two and two-thirds innings, a two-nine-one ERA. He only threw thirty-seven innings total last year for the Cubs. I mean, more than happy with what Miley has done this year. Uh, but yeah, good shout out Contreras, uh, Adamas, and Wade Miley. Really, the story um, of that game. Yeah, but game just, two. Just not to, because I I wasn't finished, Andrew. How dare you? Uh, no, sorry. I- all, all I wanted to say was I don't want us to just be like, good game, Willie Adamas, and move on, because it was better than a good game. And it's just nice to know it's still in there. Um, It would have been even nicer if he could have followed up with something that was just a bit more consistent throughout the rest of the series. That would give real reason to be excited. Um, but still, he was, what, probably three or four feet away from having had three homers in this game. And it's got to do a lot for his confidence. Maybe Willie not looking consistent game to game after that isn't even something to read into because it's kind of been a staple of who he has been. Um, But the problem lately was this kind of game or even 60% of this kind of game hadn't even been on the menu for Willie. So I, I think to see him get back to a four hit game, have a couple of homers, five RBI, that's very, very exciting. But the time the second homer went, I was enjoying the replays where you could just see the expressions on Guardians fans' faces in the background. And they really, they thought they were seeing the greatest baseball player to ever live at that point. You could just see the, the sheer like awe on their face, which was a pretty impressive hitting performance all around. So just, I don't want us to take for granted that he even produced that once because it has been really, really rough. If we got another game that shows some of that and there are two games in a four-game series that's coming up next, then maybe we can be like, okay, the best version of Willie Adams is still in there. Is it the version the Brewers need most where game to game he's going to be super reliable? That's a different story, but just nice to see kind of an offensive explosion like that for one game because that hasn't even been something that we've got much of of late. Now tied for the lead... Uh, in the season home run total with Rowdy Tellez, both of them have 12 this year. Uh, would be nice to see both of them return to some sort of consistency and not having necessarily five or, or four for five games, but uh, stringing together some two for four games uh, across a series, as you noted, would be a welcome return to form. But this game was exceptional and you know these these Cleveland Guardians fans Adam they they got to watch Manny Ramirez for a time so they're familiar with good hitting and they were impressed with Willie Adams that's a very good point um although you know generations go by the 90s were forever ago anyway we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Uh, Tanner Bobby on the mound against Freddie Peralta in game two. Uh, another game where the Brewers would lead early and uh, in this case not be able to hold the lead. Uh, Christian Yelich. Scores reaches on an error, uh, in the or scores on an error in the first inning. Rowdy Telez hit kind of a uh, looping line drive out into right field. Right fielder David Fry was not able to make the play, and Yelich scored to give the Brewers a one nothing lead. In the third, William Contreras singles to right to score Christian Yelich to make it two one another or two nothing. Excuse me, another good game for William Contreras. Uh. Another game where Freddie Peralta battled his command, but I think ultimately early in the game was able to pitch his way out of trouble when he needed to. Uh, Josh Naylor uh, would uh, ground into a double play in the fourth where Freddie got himself into trouble to score a run. Uh, makes it 2-1. Brewers, Guardians get a run there, but Freddie is able to get out of that fourth inning with only allowing the single run. Uh, puts up t- together a scoreless fifth and just really mows down the Guardians in that inning. Then in the sixth, uh, probably asking a little bit too much of Freddie, um, considering the struggles with command, uh, the Guardians would uh, get to him, and then by virtue of that, uh, the bullpen, Ahmad Rosario singles to start the inning. Jose Ramirez follows out with a single of his own to put runners on first and second with no outs. Hobie Milner comes on uh, to relieve Freddie in the sixth. A Josh Naylor single scores Ahmed Rosario. Uh, Milner then gets Josh Bell to fly out, strikes out Andres Jimenez. Uh, and then Elvis Peguero comes on to relieve him. David Fry, the man who was the uh, goat in the first inning with the error to allow Christian Yellich to score singles to score Jose Ramirez, gives the Guardians a 3-2 to two lead uh, after the bottom of the sixth. So an instance of leaving a guy in too long and uh, the guardians are able to chip away at the lead and take control of the game in the sixth, add a run in the eighth to make it four, two and the Brewers offense was not able to overcome losing that two nothing lead. 
Yeah, just I think this was really bad. Um, Freddie Peralta had seen either 89 or 90 pitches through five innings, had battled through major, major struggles in the fourth and had both done quite well and been a little bit lucky to get out of there with just one run. So it seems like, you know, let's not push that too far. You have to work really hard and the pitch count was already getting up there. The Brewers are not the kind of team generally where we see a whole bunch of guys going up into the 100s. Um, I just didn't get it at all. And then I think it's a, a seven pitch. A seven pitch duel allows the first runner on base, and then you're still not pulling him. You're you're keep. I just I don't. I don't get it. Um, and I think as I alluded to earlier, it seems like Council's just been on the wrong side of a lot of those decisions recently, where. A guy can maybe go one more and he's being pulled early. A guy can go, should go one one less and he's, he's being allowed to go too long. And I get they are all difficult decisions, kind of snap judgments. And it's it's very easy from this position and with the benefit of hindsight to be like, you know what? Well, they made the wrong decision there. He made the wrong decision there. But he keeps making the wrong decision on them. I feel like that has been something of late. It, it almost feels like a weird fluke. But the pitching decisions have not been ideal of late. And that just seems like one where it's, you're very happy for Willie to give you five innings when he didn't quite have it, got in significant trouble and he's only allowed one run. Now let's go out there into sixth and give someone new, a clean slate to work with. You don't do that. And you end up losing what was a very winnable game that could have given you a series sweep and could have had you finish this series on top of the NL central. So yeah, I, I just, was very very disappointed in that and it feels like honestly the latest in an ongoing series where there are times even with some of your better pitchers they just don't have it and be grateful for getting a pretty good you know outing from them you're getting five innings i think that's fine obviously you'd like more than that but if you're getting five and you're out of trouble and you've got a lead you know what you can live with that your bullpen can take care of it from there um, particularly at that point when it's not like the bullpen, the bullpen had been severely overworked or had played a whole bunch of extras, so I was a little frustrated at that, and I do think it it cost them the game. Um, you really could have, you could have kept the grip on it a little bit tighter if it was just hands over to the bullpen to start the six as opposed to with two on. Yeah, and there doesn't seem to be like an analytics-based approach to these decisions because I'm five innings, Freddie struggling with command, coming up on third time through the order, facing Rosario and Ramirez, and he's not pulled. And the night before, where you've just been staked to a 6 nothing lead, Miley on 67 pitches, 36-year-old pitcher, like we're not preserving Wade Miley's uh like uh like rookie arm or anything, so it doesn't seem that there's any like through line for these decisions. Is is my thing? If you were, if they had a rhyme or a reason, you'd be like, all right. But it's just gut based decisions that for right now are not making sense to us at all, and it's cost the Brewers a game here. And what also cost the Brewers a game here is the offense was reverted back to something that we've seen all season, which is an offense that only musters four hits, uh, did draw four walks, 
and one hit with runners in scoring position. And uh, when you're relying on the margins being that thin, you can't afford to get your pitching decisions wrong and cost yourself a game by doing that. You look like you wanted to say something. Um, no, I don't. You're good. You're good. <laughs> so, I, I mean, Freddie Peralta is my is my takeaway from that game because I. It's also it's just kind of tough on a guy like that. I think it's you. You haven't got your best, and he could be coming out of it with a win and having only allowed one run, and even that was you know. That was good work getting out of a, a bases loaded jam at the time where they got two outs in exchange for that one run. And even as the pitcher, you'd be very happy with how that played out. And instead, it's three earned runs. It's the Guardians taking the lead. I just, I, I don't think it does anyone any good. It doesn't do the team any good in the scoreboard. But I also think what could have been a, a positive where for Freddie, it's like, look, you didn't have it, but you battled well and you got out of there and we still had the lead. You put us in a position to win. He's then sitting down with it out of his own hands. And it's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you've, you've put us in a position where we've got to, we've got to fight back. And we haven't got a whole lot of offense. We're, we're hoping beyond hope that Raymel Tapia is going to give us some offense and, let me tell you, listener, Raynal Tapia is not going to give the Brewers any offense. If I've ordered her thing to say at this point, that's it, Andrew. Yeah, uh, he sure isn't. Uh, for this series, would end on a on a high note, despite being frustrating in the middle point. Um, Corbin Burns on the mound against Aaron Savale. Uh, Guardians gets the scoring started in the second with a Josh Naylor home run. Makes it one nothing. The third in the third inning, the Brewers would immediately answer. Uh, Christian Yelich double scores. Joey Weimer, Owen Miller revenge game follows that with a double to right to score Yelich to make it two one Brewers. Rowdy Telez, uh smokes a single to right field to score Owen Miller. It's three one after the third in the fourth inning. Some more runs on a Joey Weimer sacrifice fly that makes it four to one Brewers. So, uh, yeah, things trending in the right direction. And then in the sixth inning, Corbin Burns trying to trying to finish out six innings and can't. Andres Jimenez triple to right scores Jose Ramirez. Jimenez scores on a Corbin Burns wild pitch. And then Will Brennan singles to tie the, th- the game up at four in the sixth. Uh, Hobie Milner is able to eventually get out of that sixth inning without allowing any more runs. Then two innings of scoreless relief from the old Piamps with a pair of strikeouts. Devin Williams pitches a scoreless ninth to get us two extra innings. And then with Joey Weimer as the zombie runner on second, Owen Miller doubles to score him to make it 5-4. And then Elvis Peguero comes on, records a pair of strikeouts in the 10th to close out the game. So uh, a lead squandered and then eventually regained as Owen Miller goes full John Wick on his former team by knocking a pair of doubles in this game. Good relief work from Devin Pagaro uh, and your old Piamps. Uh 5-4 win, series win, taking advantage of playing a team that's not very good and did what they had to do. Could have been a sweep, maybe should have been a sweep. But uh, yeah, the, the viewing fatigue I was feeling in uh, <laughs> the, the top of the seventh inning uh, after the lead was erased, uh, was aided by Owen Miller uh, pulling a game from the fire and giving the Brewers a win. Yeah. Um, 
great to see Al Miller get to have this moment to add to a season where he's had lots of really fun moments, but he's got to have enjoyed this one quite a lot. And a nice win. Nice to see. We talked with this on the last uh, episode. You don't always associate the Brewers with winning through adversity. They didn't quite fall behind in this one, but it did feel almost like they'd fallen behind. Like all momentum had got away from them. Four runs scored by the fourth inning and then nothing after that. So to be able to come out of that, come away with a win, come away from a not very good Corbin Burns start, uh, 4-10 ERA now. Um, I mean, something you missed from news and notes. Haircut oh, yeah. time for Corbin <laughs> Burns, which I don't know, feels like a big deal. Um, I say that somewhat jokingly, but it's also, has he reached the point that tried to make it work where he's just like, I'm going to try shaving off my hair. Um, <laughs> I I don't even, I don't know what to do with that. It didn't quite solve it on this occasion, but I'm glad that the Brewers got out of there with a win and with a series win. We we talked on the last episode, kind of looking ahead into this section of the schedule. It's like, yeah, Guardians are a team that you should try and win that series. Mets are a team, you should try to win that series. It's like, if they can win some of these series, you're going to be in a good spot going into the break you're gonna be in the kind of position that you would like to be and all the more important because they're gonna finish the first half with pirates cubs reds and that is pretty big uh, it's not quite make or break season defining stuff but if you were to come into that spell off a really rough one against the guardians and the mets and then you were to do poorly in those three series, you know what? It could be season-defining. So, good start to the road trip. Let's hope they keep it up in New York. Um, not the most convincing, but I think we're getting used to that. Even the wins are going to have an element where you're like, okay, they, they got out of there with a win, but at least they got out of there with a win. Yeah, I think we're at the point where we know what this season is, and it's just a race to scrap and claw in the second worst division in baseball, I'll call it, because the AL Central does exist, and the Brewers were able to take advantage of one of those teams existing. Uh, I also, do, I do uh, think, Andrew, I think the law of averages, they are going to get hot again, like, say, the way we saw them start the season. Like, I, I do think we will have another spell this year where it will be very fun to watch the Brewers and they could roll off a bunch of wins. I, I do think that is somewhere within this team, but the challenge is being in position where that's meaningful and, you know, not being in a position where you're doing that to try and, you know, chase down what's already basically a, a lost cause of a playoff spot, which was something last year that we were like, oh, maybe they go on a run and it was maybe they'll go on a run to chase down the wildcard spot that's out of reach. If they can just stay within range, that if that good run, which I again, I just think probability-wise, they're probably going to have one more really good run this season. If they can find ways to tread water, even when it's pretty ugly otherwise, they'll be fine. They might be a playoff team. Uh, I won't be picking them to win the World Series, but they might be a playoff team. 
but I, I hold out hope for another run which will feel as entertaining as the start of the season. What they need to do is just figure out a way to score four runs because they are now 36 and six when scoring four runs in a baseball game this year. Um, yeah, the question remains, like you said, what else is going to happen in the division that might coincide with them eventually getting hot and going on a run? Because we've seen uh, the Pirates have a surge early and then now they're in a really bad way. Uh, the Cubs are playing pretty well lately. Um kind of let one slip away against the Cardinals yesterday. I think they were up 4 nothing in that game in London and could have come away with a 2-0 a sweep of the Cardinals. Uh, the Reds had a very exciting series for them. Three one-run games against the Atlanta Braves, sold-out crowds at Great American Ballpark. Obviously, they've got uh, Ellie De La Cruz called up. Matt McClain's having a great year. Spencer Steer, um, I think, hit a homer this weekend. They've re- received some tough injury news in their starting rotation. Hunter Green expected to be out through August. Nick Lodolo already out through August. Been lively now to the IL. Graham Ashcraft is not as good as he was during his competent moments early in the season. They uh, After that game against or series against Atlanta, they go to Baltimore and then San Diego. Baltimore good team, San Diego an underachieving team. Then four in Washington and then uh, three at Milwaukee, like you mentioned, to uh, head into the All-Star break. So those three games, uh, and then I think this is 17 games in 17 days to finish out the first half of the season for the Brewers. Uh, we'll have that just finished off with three against the Reds uh, to give us kind of, a, I don't know, a settling in and a, a view towards what the second half of the season looks like. Obviously, we'll be more than past halfway in terms of games played by that point. But, yeah, it's exhausting and coming fast and furious right now. And to go back to my original point, I guess we're just waiting to see uh, who else. I mean, through through all this, all the surges after April, like teams playing well, the Brewers have just been kind of just consistently like a buoy in the ocean, just kind of waving back and forth as the team just kind of right there slightly behind or slightly ahead whoever's making a run at a particular moment and right now it's the reds but i don't know they got four with the mets coming up and maybe some some opportunity to take advantage of another struggling team the mets are 35 and 42 15 games back of the braves this season not been at all what mets fans and steve cohen had in mind uh but yeah this this middling division is is going to be what dictates the happiness of my summer adam the the brewers are also i mean this is a positive so it might not feel like it for everyone given you know brewers fans what they're watching but they are the most consistent team in the nl central and they've they've kind of established themselves as having the highest floor you would feel like over a course of season that might hold up a matter and the only problem with that is obviously what the Reds' floor was versus what it now is with Elliot Cruz is very, very different, and that's the real wild card in it. I mean, looking around the around all of baseball, the the standings here. One thing that jumps out to me: um, the Cubs and their positive run differential at third, which is very weird, uh, an anomaly around. All of Major League Baseball. Um, the only team outside of you know AL East and West where 
all but one team between those two leagues combined has a positive run differential. I bet you can guess who it is, Andrew. Um, it is, in fact, the Oakland Athletics and their minus 224 run differential. But other Didn't than that... sweep it, someone recently? <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Uh, other than that, the Cubs are the only team with a positive run differential who are not only not first, they're not second in their division either. So um, maybe there's something there they can work out. Who knows? Weird team. But I, I feel goodish about the Brewers. Still, I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm going to have a lot of fun watching the rest of the season play out. But I do think they are in a good spot. They just need to keep treading water, and you've got to do that through a crucial spell coming up because this would not be the time for the wheels to fall off. And the flip side of that is maybe that you know that other fun streak I'm talking about wouldn't be the worst idea for it just to happen now and then to roll off 14 straight wins to finish the first half and just completely decimate division rivals and open up a bit of a lead there. That wouldn't be the worst thing either. Uh, flip side of that is, as we learned last year, division lead at the halfway point does not necessarily equate to a division lead at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I like your vision for, uh, just reeling off a bunch of wins to finish out, uh, the first half. That would be great. Something I did forget to mention during our news and notes section is that Brandon Woodruff threw a bullpen this weekend and uh, is having what he's calling like a spring training type of ramp up right now where he's uh, going to, you know, start ramping that up, start working with more of his arsenal in the bullpen and probably return post all-star break. So that's if you can like you said, continue some of that consistency and that coincides with him coming back. You might have uh, a guy in the rotation who, you know, maybe you don't get the, the three run or the four run threshold you need, but maybe three is good enough if Brandon Woodruff is on the mound and returning to what he was before going down. Uh, but we'll go to the master brewer leaderboard to round things out. Uh, Wade Miley obviously gets a start or gets a beer for six scoreless innings. Another good start in his return from the IL. Willie Adamas, uh, four hits in that first game, drew a couple walks in the series as well. Had the two home runs. Uh, like as you noted, nice to see that that's uh, that's still in the tank. William Contreras uh, had a good series, three for eight, uh, with uh, two singles, a double, two runs scored, an RBI, and a walk. Uh, so. Christian, or excuse me, uh, William Contreras providing some consistency at the plate lately. Christian Yelich, another guy uh, having a solid season, four for 12 in this series. Three singles, a double, three runs scored, two RBI, and two walks, consistently getting on base. Uh, for Christian, Devin Williams, uh, Yoel Piamps, and Elvis Piguero, the bullpen arms, getting some beers for their performance. Uh, the leaderboard through 77 games. Devin Williams still leads the way with 18 beers. Joey Weimer, Brian Anderson, Christian Yelich, and Yoel Piamps are on 12. Peter Strzelecki has 11. Roddy Chalaz and William Contreras have 10. Corbin Burns, Bryce Wilson, Owen Miller, Hobie Miller with 9. Willie Adamas, Elvis Peguero with 8. Julio Tehran and Wade Miley with 7. Bryce Trang, Freddie Peralta with 6. Victor Caratini, Garrett Mitchell, Colin Ray with 5. Blake Perkins, Adrian Hauser with 4. Jesse Winker, Eric Lauer, Jake Cousins, Trevor McGill with 3. Brandon Woodruff, Gus Farland, Javi Guerra, Tyron Taylor, Andre Monasterio with two. 
Luke Voigt, Mike Barrasso, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, Darren Ruff, Abraham Toro, and Rymel Tapia with a single beer. And that brings us to the week ahead, Adam. Uh, the Brewers are likely already in New York to take on the Mets today, Monday, June 26th, a 610 Central start. Colin Ray against Justin Verlander. Tuesday, June 27th, a 610 Central start. Julio Tehran on the mound against, not listed here on ESPN. Uh, Wednesday, June 28th, 610 Central start. Uh, Wade Miley against Kodai Sanga. Thursday, wrapping up the series, a 610 Central start. Freddie Peralta on the mound against Max Scherzer. So four in a row against New York. Then they'll head to Pittsburgh to finish off this road trip. Got another damn Apple TV game on Friday. We'll see what what the road ahead holds for our Brewers and our eyeballs and your eyeballs as you all watch uh, these games taste, take place. Uh, the you know face eggs. Um, sure. Max Scherzer. Uh, be nice to see him get blown up again like he did the last time he faced the Brewers. Just a pity we're a day out from you know a Wade Miley Scherzer rematch where Wade Miley could. Chill, Max Scherzer, how it's done once again. Um, I don't know. We'll see what we get out of Colin Ray. If we get what we always get out of Colin Ray, maybe the offense shows up and there's a chance. Julio Tehran, Wade Miley. That's that's kind of yeah. That's the A team now, Andrew. That's that's what you want to see when you're looking ahead of pitching matchups from a Brewers perspective. <laughs> it's wild, wild times we live in. But seeing both of those there, you're like, yeah, you know what like your chances here and we'll see what freddie can do um against max scherzer maybe to close out the series but get a split if you can win a series even better and then the real serious business starts to close out the first half um i feel i feel good not necessarily about this series not necessarily about the next few weeks but i still think it's there for the Brewers. Just got to keep fighting. I think got to make some better decisions. Maybe take a closer look at who's in Nashville, who's on the Brewers roster at this point or very, very soon. Um, no disrespect to the Andrew Monasterios, the Blake Perkins, but I feel like I feel like there's some moves that could be made here that uh, seem pretty obvious and maybe beneficial short term and long term. Said Blake Perkins. What you meant was Rymel Tapia. Uh, oh, well, that too. I mean, there's another. <laughs> it's like, maybe maybe we could make multiple moves. There's there's lots of room for improvement. When you were uh, talking about, like, the pitching and, you know, who we're viewing as, like, our reliable guys that the we aces. want on the mound. Yes, the aces. When you're referring to them, I just had... David Burton's voice in my mind. How did I get here? <laughs> like that's just what what I felt. But you know what? This is this is the journey we signed up for. And you know what? They're gonna go and uh, they're gonna go take three out of four from the Mets. So we're gonna be feeling really good on Friday morning. We certainly won't be on a road to nowhere then, Andrew. All right. I'll not know. That does it for us for this episode. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's cruising for a bruising. You should also check out the rest of the GSPN podcasts. You've got the main feed, the Eurostep Podcast Network, home to all things Milwaukee books. That's the Eurostep with 
Ty Windish around Caddy and winning six with myself and Jordan Tresky. Talk of the Tundra with Jordan and Numak. Talk all things Green Bay Packers. Uh, make time for this. Our pop culture show where we talk all things movies, TV, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll be making a return this week. Still not going to tempt fake because I think the next episode is one that is not officially, you know, they're not in the bag. So I won't say it until it's ready. But you'll you'll have a new episode make time for this this week. Got At least you know I've seen out. the movie. <laughs> That's not the one that would release next. Is my point. So I won't. Uh. I won't say what would be next on the feed. Until next time. Thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. <laughs>